And welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Hellcast episode number 14. We made it past the unlucky 13 with old Athenar, and somehow we're still here for 14 of them. We did, and he didn't possess our souls and send us to hell. I was actually hoping that we would get possessed and go to hell. Yeah. Well, I think we... That's where the good records are, because everybody that says we listen to this music, we're going to burn in hell. So, eh, I don't want to spend eternity with you. We'll go to hell. Ah. <laughs> well, that's why it's called Hellcast. So we can... Oh! Yes, yes, yes. Right, right. But uh, welcome. Uh, we welcome. will be talking to Chris Black from Super Christ, also from many other bands like High Spirits, uh, Dawnbringer, uh, and many others, and he'll kind of... Give us a piece of his mind, what he's involved with right now, and what's still present, and all that. Uh, very busy guy, and uh, looking forward to talking to him. So, we have some fan mail. Oh, no. Yes, we do. Is it and fan mail, or is it anti-fan mail? Well, it, it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, you brought some in, so I didn't get a chance to hear everything, but uh, or read everything. But... Uh, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll find out. Hopefully, it's something positive. I think that, I mean, there's positive things to say about the show, I would hope. Yeah, well, let's hope so. I guess we'll soon find out, so. Yeah, we'll take their... <laughs> hey, kids, it's me, Barney, and here's your goddamn email. <laughs> <laughs> and so, first uh, letter comes from uh, Reaper and Eddie. You guys rule. That, that's actually two Reaper and Eddie. Uh, right, I think they're talking to us. Oh, yeah. Reaper and Eddie, you guys rule. Love the show. Love metal and what you do for it. You should take the show on the road and come to West Virginia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because West Virginia is like the haven of metal. But, uh, hey, you know, that's cool, you know. That's Actually, real- the small shows in, like, Nowhereville are usually the best ones. Yeah. So West Virginia might be freaking awesome. But anyway, uh, so come to West Virginia. If you did, you might just get my sister in the metal, too. Okay. Uh, she likes... I should be really adjusting my tone. She likes crappy music like Lady Gaga and shit. <laughs> and shit. <laughs> hell, you, hell, you come down. You come. <laughs> d- what? What? <laughs> hell, you come do I show here. <laughs> what? Dude, I don't know who this is from, but this is fucking confusing. <laughs> I'll let you fuck her too. <laughs> oh, I think it. It says <laughs> this, you come to the show here. I'll let you fuck her too. Oh, oh wait, wait. <laughs> fuck her too. <laughs> oh, 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 it says he, he, it, no. He wrote fucking hell. You come do I show here? I'll let you fuck her too. She'd blow you too. Maybe you could fuck the metal into her. <laughs> this guy's just fucking with us. Your biggest fan in Cooterton, West Virginia. Cooterton, <laughs> West Virginia. Johnny Bob. P.S. You guys fuck your sisters? <laughs> Was that a question? <laughs> yes. Well. <laughs> I'm not going to take that legit, but that was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I, I encourage that. I encourage that. I'm fucking laughing, too. I'm sweating for a moment. What am I going to save that one? Frame it. Oh, I just threw it away. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Bob. Oh, Johnny Bob. Uh, Oh, Jesus, I'm uh, crying. I, I, I honestly, I don't believe there's any fucker named Johnny Bob. So I'm going to go in hell and um, 
insult Johnny Bob because I don't think he's really. Or, uh, oh, dude, this is already great. I already previewed this one. This was I, I love getting these ones. Uh, but anyways, Arg Warhales Brothers of Metal. I listen much your show and love the music you play. Together, crushing posers, Dominic the Impaler. I always love getting like those because then I'll like. Wait, who the hell talks like that in real life? You never meet like that guy. Like, I'm gonna start going to a metal show, and like anyone you you like, you come up to a friend of yours and be like, "Yarg metal." I'm Dominic the Impaler. Or it's just a yarg. I'm I'm Eddie. Let's slice some posers. I'm like, Eddie Satan. Come worship <laughs> me, and I will fuck your sister. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, thank you for the email, uh, Dominic. Dominic Impaler. But uh, I just love it, and I'm not insulting you, man. I just I think it's just fucking funny because I've gotten that like uh, fan email, like with band stuff, and. Like someone, you know, arg, all that, and, and like I just, I'll reply back like, "War hails, bro of the infernal legions of the occult metalist of the satanic underground regions of hell." <laughs> did you come up out of the top here? Yeah, I'm like, I did that, and the dude took me seriously. Like, like he, like I, I, and I ended it like with the really long thing, and then he replied back like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> like he's all but happy. The, and the shit. thing is, yeah, I mean, think about like if when you were a kid, especially if like you said. The letter I don't to, think they're kids, though. Oh, well, when you were like an adult, if you said, and Rob Halford, like, or, you know, whoever responded back to you and was like, hear he from the leather cauldron of hell with his spikes in the bikes, you know, and you'd be like, fucking Rob, Halford, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. No, I'm, I'm not ripping on him. I oh, think I, it's I, funny. I, it's just it's quote, but who do, who do you run into in person that fucks like that? So I, I do, I do, I do. just like start fuck with people next time you well, see When me. I first met you, and now what I said, then I go up to and go, Reaper. Uh, Take no. my okay. Right, <laughs> no, I would have slapped. I said, you. "Can I buy some <laughs> records from you?" Yeah, I wasn't selling records at that time. Anyway, we have another one. Uh, two more. I love what you got. Oh, this I got to set this tone. I love what you're doing for. Wait, hold on a second. I got to get my tones better. I love what you're doing for independent music, but come on, guys, why rip on the artists you don't feel fit in? Who died and made you the judges of what's good metal or not? Well, uh... I think a lot of people listening to this show would kind of agree that the stuff that we kind of delved upon previously was not exactly the cup of tea for most of the people. Right. For, at least for our audience. Yeah. And, well, it's our it's our show, so right, right. that's who... The guy and that who gives a shit what we have the, to say. Fuck, the, listen to your own. Ah. Apparently, they did care enough. Tonight. Oh, right. Well, that's that's kind of. A, but a thank you for the email. Yes. There, it was it was complimentary. Who makes us gods? Well, I'm Eddie Satan. So fuck. <laughs> well, they didn't say gods. They didn't go that far. They weren't praising us that. Oh, far. I thought they said who made us god. Uh, no. Who I don't remember. Ghost had the coming of <laughs> seed. Yeah. Um. Dear Fagger plus Faggy. <laughs> okay. You guys are so fucking gay, I can hear it in your voices. <laughs> I bet I bet you 69 after every show. <laughs> Homos. <laughs> you suck so bad, and I hate you both. <laughs> God damn, talk about more bullshit. Why don't you? You fags. Well, gotta go. Can't wait to hear your next episode. Okay. <laughs> Who's that? Well, why the fuck would you be listening? Uh, oh, love... 69maurice at rainbowlove.com <laughs> Thanks for the email. I guess I probably shouldn't put it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> P.S. I bet you two share cucumbers before every show. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, see you, you know what the fuck to expect. You actually read these. Uh, well, uh, sixty-nine, Maurice. I don't believe you're. I don't believe you're accurate either. <laughs> but thank you for the fucking funny again. Funny. Uh, Message there, email. I printed it out. So <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I'm choking on somebody's comeback here. I think <clears throat> the cucumber. Anyway, we appreciate the email. I think that was a fun first round, as it as it seemingly is. Seeming se- seemingly uh, is okay. Oh. Exactly. But uh, getting back on. So thank you for the emails. They they're positive. They're, they were definitely fucking funny, Thanks, and uh, yes. we encourage fucked up ones like that too. But uh, back on topic here. Uh, Gospel of the Horns is back with a new EP of Ceremonial Conjuration. So we're going to play the title track off that new EP. Here is Ceremonial Conjuration. Yeah.
Joining the show on the phone is Chris Black from Super Christ, High Spirits, and a whole bunch of other bands. Uh, welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks. Glad to be here. Perhaps, as I mentioned, your biggest notoriety would be Super Christ and then High Spirits, but you were always involved with so many other bands, and or would projects be a better word? What are you active projects-wise right now, and and how do you exactly find the time to do all this stuff? That's a question I've been answering a lot. Uh, you know, how I find the time, how I prioritize. To be honest with you, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've always been, you know, even in high school, I was the guy who was forming a million fucking stupid bands, you know, serious bands, joke bands, you know, one-off bands, cover bands. You know, it's just... It kind of comes naturally to me. It's just always been a part of my life. I feel like if I stop and think about it, then I'll fall off the rails too, you know what I mean? So I'm just kind of going on instinct. Yeah, right now, we just got done with the Dawnbringer show, uh, which that band doesn't play very often. We've actually only done four shows in, which has been now 15, 16 years. But because of that, you know, we don't rehearse regularly. So, you know, a lot of work goes into it. Uh, it was the show we did last weekend. We played... I was shooting for 90 minutes. I don't think we, we quite hit it, but, uh, but, you know, it was, it, it was still a lot of material, a lot of songs to learn, a lot of rehearsal. But again, it's, it's, it's an infrequent thing. So now that'll kind of go away. I can clear out my brain space, uh, <laughs> for something else. And, uh, actually the next thing coming up specifically is, uh, to work on some new Super Christ stuff. We'd like to get back in the studio before the end of the year. Uh, it was, uh, Gavin with Hank last night. We got, you know, I'd say we have uh, three, four, uh, you know, songs that are really starting to take shape. And I'm sure the rest for the album will be, uh, you know, right around the corner. It's just a matter of having a regular schedule and getting in there, and, you know, hanging out and throwing riffs around the uh, around the room at each other. Never skipping a beat. Looking at uh, all the numerous bands you've been involved with. It looks like you're like an American Nick A. Anderson or, or a Scandinavian musician for that matter, by which I mean you, you play all instruments of different sorts and been involved with so many different recordings. How do you gain the inspiration and ideas to do so many different bands and like, and how do you play different instruments? The different instruments thing, again, that's kind of just always been me. You know, I started on piano lessons when I was a little kid and I was like, or when my parents sent me to piano uh, and you know I was really receptive to it uh, you know like a lot of kids are at that age but then I kind of took that from uh, from there to drums you know every every little kid's into drums but I was way into drums you know uh, so I took a lot of drum lessons I took some guitar lessons that didn't really stick as well as the other stuff um, so when I picked up bass that was kind of on my own I, mean, I think from Having the piano lessons at a young age, I think that gave me an advantage when it came to, you know, experimenting with other instruments because I knew notes, I knew how to read music about chords and chord progressions and things like that. So, you know, it sounds cheesy or cliche maybe, but education that, that gave me the edge, I think, when it came to all that stuff. Um, as far as the inspiration, a lot of that comes from working with other people and 
you know, the energy that gets created when, uh, you know, when, for example, Hank and I are in the room and he says, oh, you know, I've got this riff. It doesn't really sound like a super Christ riff. I don't know. And he'll play it for me. And I said, oh, you know, let's plug that part out and move that to the end or whatever. And then I play a bass line under it and suddenly it's a super Christ riff. And then mm -hmm. 10 minutes later, we got two other riffs attached to it and it's a super Christ song, more or less, you know. So it, the inspiration, I mean, heavy metal is heavy metal. That's never going to go away. You know, I can... Mm -hmm. I can go back and listen to Show No Mercy and be inspired, even though it's the 8,000th time I've done that in my life. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's never going to go away. That's always going to be there. And then when you bring other people into these collaborative environments, I mean, that just, that just multiplies the energy. You know, and I, you know, like I've said somewhere else before, I, I just can't imagine it not being there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's never going to go away. It's just part of who I am. Hey, that's a good thing. <laughs> it's working so far. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been curious about the origins, and maybe I'm not the only one, uh, about the origins of the name Super Christ. Or one, one could easily mistaken or question if you're pro-Christ from the name alone, sure. but clearly be set straight by the music. <laughs> what is the meaning of the name? I honestly don't really remember <laughs> how the name came up specifically. There was... Basically, this band started in college. Well, the origins of this band were in college. I was playing drums in a band called Julie Was Right, which, obviously, if you think Super Christ is a cheesy name, you, <laughs> Julie Was Right is pretty far down the list, even from there. Uh, and that was kind of like a party band. You know, we we played, like, Twisted Sister songs and Turbo Negro songs, and we had our own stuff, too. But it was, you know, we had costumes and all this. It was a lot of fun, but it wasn't... You know, it definitely wasn't what Super Christ is now. Anyway, I was playing drums in that band, and then that lineup kind of fell apart, and we decided to keep the songs, but kind of change, change the name, change the image a little bit, uh, you know, kind of redirect it musically, you know, away from this kind of like party metal punk stuff and, you know, let the heavy metal influences, uh, really take over. And it was actually the bass player at the time said, how about Super Christ? And I said, perfect. Okay, cool. Done. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's not around anymore, obviously, because I'm playing bass now. Um, and the name, we were good with it for, for a couple years. And then it started sounding kind of, you know, maybe like it didn't totally fit the musical direction or whatever. But at that point, when you've got three or four albums, you're yeah. stuck with your name. So it's like, is it the name I would pick for the band today? Probably not. Right. Is it easy to remember? Does it, the old English font? Absolutely. Good enough. <laughs> there you go. Fits the criteria. Done. And as far as the, uh, you know, as far as being mistaken for, for a Christian band, I think that's cool. I think if some, Jesus Kid sees our CD, sees a copy of Holy Shit. Well, maybe that's a bad example. That's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, that's all yeah, right maybe there. If they, see, if they see a copy of uh, whatever, Back in Black or Headbanger, and they think they think they're about to get some high praise rock and roll, and they buy our <laughs> CD because of that, good, fuck them. <laughs> I like that attitude. Yeah, yeah actually, no, no. Flip, <laughs> talking about it, sounds like that fitting. You have some, uh, you, have some uh, you know, some long-haired denim looking at that, and you're like, what is this? Christian metal, fuck this, I'm not buying this, so whatever, I'm sure it cuts both ways, but like I said, at this point, we have eight albums, we're not going to change the name, I'm glad it's not Julie was right anymore, how about that? Yeah, was Julie right? Uh, Julie was right, the story there is that, uh, you know those public service announcement commercials, like this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, Yeah. Um, I never actually saw it, but somebody kind of around that band 
uh, actually came up with the name because he said he saw a commercial uh, and it was along those lines, but it was uh, uh, for, for abstinence. It was like pro-abstinence. And it's this teenage girl talking to her mom and she says, Oh, mom, my friend Julie says that if I don't have sex with Bobby, then he won't love me anymore. <laughs> Julie was right. Followed from that. Uh, you know, so it's a funny name if you know the story, but I have never talked to anyone else who has seen that commercial. So I don't know if Homeboy made that up or, or what, but that's the story there. <laughs> we'll say it was legit. I, I'm going to say that I saw it. <laughs> it's plausible, right? Yeah, it is. That sounds like something like the Christians that run the uh, television network would get their hands on and, you know, insist it must be broadcasted in between the Simpsons or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When all the kids are at their horniest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If my uh, research is correct, you were responsible for writing a lot of uh, Nachmistium material. Lyrics, yeah. Not a whole lot of music, but lyrics, definitely. Oh, okay. Would you ever do a similar black metal project, or perhaps you already do, and I just don't know about it? Um, there are some of those elements in Dawnbringer. Dawnbringer definitely, Dawnbringer definitely incorporates, uh, you know, heavy metal in all its forms, you know, including, uh, you know, some death metal, uh, what do you want to say, concepts, musical mm-hmm. concepts, uh, some black metal concepts um overall that's not really where my heart lies totally within heavy metal i'm i'm way more into like the more uh you know, the, the more rock and roll influenced styles of metal not that death metal isn't you know death, death metal obviously uh especially we're talking about 80s death metal there's a rock and roll ethic in that that you can't deny you know i don't really see myself going all the way down that road uh, it was cool to it was cool to work with not missing and work with blake uh for as long as I did, there was definitely a lot of, uh, how do you want to say it, uh, mutual influence between us during those years. So we definitely picked up a few things from each other and, uh, you know, from each other's record collections too. So, so that was definitely a positive, uh, in the long run. And, and, you know, it was a positive in the short run too, because we had a lot of, we had a lot of fun and made, uh, I think we're some really good records together. It seems like it's very appropriate uh, for Super Christ when you get past the whole Christian thing or with the new realm, just throws it right in the face. Holy shit. And you, then you don't have to worry about a Christian thing. But uh, obviously, no, I think lyrically, it's pretty obvious at this point. Yeah. We had an earlier conversation with Midnight about sleaziness being a more attractive persona or lyrical content for a band these days. And obviously, Super Christ kind of fits that criteria what is your take on this do you think that it is more attractive these days yeah i think uh, i think people are a little more receptive to that i think people are getting back into uh songs that you can sing along to you know uh i think uh you know hooks are maybe uh back in fashion in a way that they weren't say 10 years ago and i don't know why that is i'm sure the internet has something to do with it i mean a lot of people like to rag on the internet and and point out all the uh all the ways it's kind of fucked up the underground or or, or metal music or whatever but i mean there's there's positives there as well and, and one of them i think is that music is accessible to people you know people can hear about a band and then 10 minutes later be checking them out and uh you know that's not always good for the attention span but it, it is good in terms of people being exposed to i don't know to witchcraft to uh motorhead well you know it's not hard to find motorhead but you know what i'm talking about i mean right. like the, the, the more obscure bands bands that maybe their friends aren't listening to or or whatever, and I think people are a little more open to the um, to what a broad spectrum metal really is, and maybe that in some way, I could be completely off base here, but maybe that 
in some ways has kind of sweetened people's appetite for the type of songwriting that we do or the type of songwriting that Midnight does, the type of songwriting that Wastelander does, where, you know, it's basically an FM radio rock song. It's dirty as hell. It's down-tuned. It's fast. Mm-hmm. You know, the lyrics would never be on the radio, but it's still basically a rock song. It's got a hook. It's got a chorus. It's probably got a guitar solo. And I think... Uh, you know, you were talking about sleazy lyrics in particular. Yeah, I think people are looking for something to really grab onto and, and not something that's just going to like blast past them at 220 beats a minute and uh, be totally, you know, have the like gurgly vocals that you can't pick up the lyrics. I think, yeah, I think yeah, lyrics, yeah, I think lyrics are coming back into fashion. And I think that's a good thing because it helps separate the, uh, the bands that really got it from the bands that are just kind of faking it in that area. And there are a lot of those. Yeah, it's an interesting take on it. It's almost as though like how people are they're trying to inflict upon like raising kids or something like in school or something if like they're playing a sport like don't keep score because everyone's a winner and it's like it's almost like with the radio they have to keep it so censored and all this bullshit and then people resort to like the sleaziness because it's well it's yeah it's reality life is shitty like the bad things happen and you can't entirely hear about it on the radio and stuff because they got censorship and whatnot but when you get to the underground there's no problem in addition to all your bands you are also responsible for running your own label planet metal and i also hear you have an impressive metal collection and also open your own studio so i for one am curious what some gems you may have to that come to the top of your head and uh would also like to know if my assessment that metal is your full-time job would be uh, a correct statement. Well, I don't... Metal, yeah, you could say that metal's my full-time job. Um, it has been for years in terms of hours. Um, the way I usually explain it to people is having kind of this series or a combination of part-time jobs. Um, you know, I, I do the stuff with the bands. Uh, I do the label. The label's pretty small-time. You know, I just... I, I release some of my own stuff, and then through the Planet Metal brand, I release stuff from uh, from bands that I think I can help out. Uh, you know, bands whose stuff needs to be back in circulation. Actually, the last two releases on Planet Metal were uh, were catalog reissues. I repressed the first song on album, Thrash Assault, um, which is a fucking killer, as I'm sure you know. But it was out of print for uh, you know two or three. It was out of print for long enough for people to say, hey, why the fuck can't I get this album, you know? So, pressed up another batch of those. Um, We're friends with Bible of the Devil here in Chicago. Uh, One of their albums was out of print for a while, same story. Um, So I just repressed uh, a batch of those. So, you know, it's a small time thing. We don't, we don't do a whole lot of promotion. You know, most of the distribution comes through trades, things like that. So, you know, and that's not a full time job. Um, I buy and sell a lot of, uh, a lot of vinyl. I set up a table at shows sometimes and, uh, I like hooking people up. You know, it's, I'm not making, uh, I'm not making a ton of money. It's, you know, it's like, the, it's like the kid in high school who sells, sells pots so that he can afford to smoke for free. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I, I do make a little bit of money, but, you know, I'm kind of, supporting my own vinyl habit at the same time um the studio thing that's not really true i mean i have a uh i have a, a recording setup uh you know in my house where i am now uh i we, we recorded holy shit here we'll probably do the next one here but i in terms of gear i'm pretty limited uh i'm not really able to mix anything properly here uh which is why of course we took holy shit uh to engine studio in Chicago and mixed it there. Um, I just don't have 
the kind of, uh, you know, compressors and effects and, you know, all that crap you really, uh, you really rely on to get a good mix. Um, but, you know, it functions as a demo studio for sure. I mean, I do all my, I do all my writing here and getting pretty, uh, and pretty good with the with the computer software. Um, so yeah, it's really a uh, it's really a series of kind of part time jobs that when you when you add them all up, yeah, it is it is a full time job, and yeah, it is all metal, and 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 that's cool. You know that that's really uh, personally rewarding, kind of to to step back and look at everything that's going on. It's like wow, I'm kind of kind of doing the same shit I was doing when I was 19, you know, it's just yeah. like on a different scale. I mean, kind of never grew up in certain ways and kind of turned my, my passion into a profession. And, and, you know, above all that, I take care of my son who's, uh, almost two. So that's, uh, kind of a more than full time job on top of everything else. Right. Um, so yeah, there's, there, there's a lot going on. I don't always, I don't always rest as much as I should probably, especially as I'm getting older. I mean, I told you, you know, a couple of days ago, I was sick as shit just from doing that show and everything that went into that, kind of burning the candle at both ends, being up early with my son and then being up super late with my band. You know, you can't really uh, do that for too long without uh, paying some consequences in the upper respiratory area. But, uh, no, everything's good, man. Everything's good and uh, kind of going on instincts. Like I said before, I, I, I don't really know how I'm doing this. I'm just <laughs> trying to uh, trying to stay moving. Doing it as it comes along. Are the... Uh are the rumors about the metal collection true? As it being a, a giant, impressive collection, it's impressive to me. I've certainly <laughs> seen I've certainly seen other collections that uh, you know. Not saying I would trade with anybody, but I've certainly seen other collections that make me think, "Damn, <laughs> I've got a long way to go," or, or, or that I started too late. Um, probably in terms of like really choice pieces, um, my Motorhead collection. I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of these multiple pressings guys. Like I don't have, you know, like eight copies of rock and roll or like, you know, yeah. five different pressings of orgasmatron, but I have a lot of shit. I mean, I have <laughs> pretty much all the official releases that you can get. And a lot of the more fan club, uh, you know, unofficial stuff, which is, which is, I mean, Motorhead's one of those bands. It's like infinitely collectible. It's like, you, you can't even imagine getting all of it, especially with these, you know, Argentinians and Greeks and, you know, doing these like 30 copy seven inches. It's like, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to fucking try. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I would say the Motorhead stuff probably on its, you know, uh, on its own is the most, uh, whatever, the most impressive, uh, thing. I got, I got a couple of, uh, British metal gems. Um, but overall, you know, it's, it's, it's ordinary stuff. It's nothing that's, uh, nothing that's gonna make anybody, uh, if some of you Cleveland guys, I don't think we get too excited about it. But, you know, I got all the Sabbath, I got all the DOC, I got all the Thin Lizzy. It's just trying to have all the records by my favorite bands. I'm missing a couple of, missing a couple of, I got a lot of CDs too. I'm missing a couple of Riot CDs, which is pissing me off because, you know, shit that was like, three dollars in the cutout and now it's gone and everybody wants and it's like fifty dollars on ebay yeah so that's always annoying i'm sure you've encountered that before yes but uh <laughs> but yeah i mean i still uh i still acquire records kind of faster than i can listen to them uh you know with having uh with having a child it's my listening time isn't uh definitely isn't what it used to be so i got a pile of probably like 40 or 50 records that you know this is maybe going back a year that i'm still uh still getting around to listen to of course you can't listen to them in the car that's where i do most of my listening now but yeah that's not vinyl so uh so yeah i mean 
records are fun to accumulate. I mean, I, I like, you know, I like collecting. I got a lot of CDs. I got a lot of records. That's kind of one of the things that uh, gets people hooked on metal, I think, is just how much of the stuff there is to, uh, to get. And alphabetized or not alphabetized and put in bags or not put in bags. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I don't, I don't, suddenly I don't feel so alone because I, I got that project. I got the, yes, the backed up on listening and then backed up on, oh, now I got to alphabetize this. Yeah, records on the floor. And then, like you said, you yep. know, the, the car is like the, the time where you got free ears, especially, you know, doing a podcast or doing an audio project. It's like, shit, my ears are tied up doing this. It's like, I want to listen to my, my records. But what I tell myself is that, is that it's good to have that, to have that backlog because, there might come a day, it might be tomorrow, where we can't afford new records or whatever. So luckily there's this little, uh, this little buffer to get you through that. You know, you know I can't buy anything new. Luckily I have all this, this shit that I have that basically is new. You know what I mean? That I haven't, uh, haven't had the time to check out. So it's kind of like the, uh, the entertainment insurance policy there you go i like that uh, philosophy <laughs> <laughs> i think this is a valuable lesson to be learned so anyone listening needs to take that and start buying You're the right. hell out of everything if you got the money now buy, just do it. <laughs> buy too many records buy more records than you think you need records <laughs> and bottled water yeah <laughs> even doubles because you never know <laughs> you could it might get fucked up one day <laughs> yeah uh, so that you kind of put the damper on my next question a little bit so i'll have to kind of reword it but i i was told that you had a studio but apparently that was kind of half truce so i'm, I'm kind of curious though are you in addition to the very talented other individuals mostly it seems like the scandinavian scenes like just fill that those guys can play cello then they, they're like an accomplished athlete an artist and they then they can write amazing songs you know wake up in one day and, and do everything great and then also they get involved then if not making songs is not enough they get involved in the studio by like producing and stuff right. so you mean you said you had equipment and stuff it probably was mostly just the new album like you said but in the past and for other bands, how involved do you get in the recording process? It varies. With Super Christ Act, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm the producer as well. So I'm, I'm there for, for pretty much the whole thing. Um, same with High Spirits. Um, uh, even more so, I'm, I'm the, uh, kind of the Imperial Commander for, uh, for that <laughs> band. Um, with Nogmistium, for a while I was doing, uh, I was doing some of the recordings with some, some recording equipment that I don't, that I don't really use anymore. It was really like demo quality, uh, demo quality stuff. And yeah, I was doing a lot of the, uh, a lot of the button pushing, uh, for uh for example instinct decay um i engineered that one um that's really not my favorite uh capacity to work in i mean i have a little bit of a technical background uh you know enough to communicate with uh you know with sanford parker uh you know or with uh, a mastering engineer or another engineer but in terms of like which microphones to stick in front of the bass cab to get less mids I don't fucking know. I don't have, I just don't have the experience. I don't have the, uh, the, the educated technical education or know-how or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from the trial and error school. And, you know, I know a lot of those guys are too, but they've got a lot more experience. You know, somebody yeah. like Sanford, he's in a studio 200 days a year. I'm in a studio, what, two weeks a year, maybe? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I just don't have the, uh, you know, well, I don't have the attention span for it either is, is, is another thing. But, uh, you know, I don't have the technical experience, uh, 
that you get from, again from working with a variety of bands you know not just metal bands you know other heavy bands bands that aren't even heavy you know and I'm and, and that's something that doesn't really interest me at all I'm really focused on metal um, and I don't think I could be a guy who operates a studio and just you know, hangs out his shingle and then any band that's got, you know, their 500 bucks a day or whatever. So like, yeah, come on in. I'll, I'll make your record. You know, I think yeah. I, I think I'd burn out on that pretty fast. If, you know, if I even got to that point again, which I'm not, which I'm not looking to do. My favorite capacity to work in, I think what I'm best at is, uh, in more of like the middle and finishing stages of an album. Like once all the, the bed tracks are down, you know, your, your, your drums, bass, rhythm, guitar, when it's, comes time to throw the vocals on and, and start thinking about guitar solos and like maybe dynamics that you want to introduce in the mix. I mean, that's where I'm going to really have something to say. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of the, the, the things that, that, that really go into shaping the songs and then shaping the overall album, kind of the way the songs, you know, the sequence of the songs. I think that's so important on an album is the order of the songs. Just kind of like, you know, the more, the broad strokes, but also like the little details that, that reach out and grab people. And the, like the little things you wait for when you're listening to a song, like at the beginning of Show No, Show no Mercy, again, at the beginning of Show No Mercy, when you can hear, uh, you know, whoever's, whoever like kind of plugs in their guitar or turns up the, you know what I'm talking about? And then you has no boundaries or if like the little shit like that, that it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, they probably didn't even want that on there, but it's there and it's, you know, yeah. everybody knows it's there and it's, I always bet they you know, didn't the, want that the on details, there. Man, I love, I love little details like that. And, you know, they, sometimes they happen by accident, but, but when you're in the studio, you have control over stuff that you don't have control over in the rehearsal room and you certainly don't have control over live. And, and that's where the fun comes in is, is, you know, manipulating some of that there or, or something happens by accident and, you know, talking within the group about, you know, oh, maybe that, maybe that was a, a fortunate accident. Maybe we want to, you know, see where that leads or, or leave that little weird thing on the record or, or, you know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's the fun stuff to me. They're, they're sitting around, you know, tracking drums for, for four days. I mean, yeah, I've, I've done it and it has its rewarding elements, but, uh, it's nowhere near my favorite part of, uh, production. That's like, you know, pouring the foundation. It's like, oh, come on, let's get through this. I, I, we definitely see eye to eye. Uh, absolutely. 100%. It seemed like we were dominantly talking mostly about Super Christ. Um, and uh, in fact, I would say I enjoy high spirits the, the most. Um, oh, really? Cool. Absolutely. Especially, uh, another night. Another night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really enjoyed that. And, uh, what, uh, is there anything you had mentioned that there was a, you were working on new Super Christ material? What's, uh, to expect on, from, uh, High Spirits? Well, I'm not sure. High Spirits hit it pretty hard, uh, this year. We had the opportunity to play in Europe. We ended up going over there. Oh. It was originally going to be, um, the Rock Hard Festival contacted us first and said, no, what's it going to take to get you guys over here? We worked that out. And then Muscle Rock Festival in Sweden must have heard through the grapevine that we were coming and they said, Hey, we're, we're the next weekend. Why don't you, why don't you play here too? So, of course, we can't say no to that, but then yeah. it's a little more complicated because you have these empty days on the calendar. So we ended up doing a couple of club gigs in between, and it was awesome. It was a great trip. Um, we played well, um, met a lot of people that we only knew online, met a ton of people that we didn't know beforehand at all. So that was uh, that was pretty intense, um, high spirits time uh, for this year. So I think we're going to pretty much lay low for the you know the next term. 
Um, that said, I am writing uh, a lot of stuff at home on my own lately. So a lot of it will end up going to Super Christ, uh, you know, or, or possibly High Spirits, or, or I don't know. What I'm trying to do right now is just write, get a song finished, and then kind of see where it might fit or who wants it. Um, it's kind of an opposite approach from, from what I've done in the past, where I kind of sit down and say, okay, now I'm working on a High Spirit song, or now I'm working on a Super Christ song. Um, the problem I've run into a couple times, and it's happening more and more frequently, is I'll say, okay, here, I'm writing a Super Christ song, and I'll get partway through, and I'll say, damn, this doesn't seem like a Super Christ song anymore. This seems like a High Spirit song. Or, you know, there was one song that I started writing for High Spirits, and I said, no, this is a Pharaoh song. And then I finished it for High Spirits. Okay, well, it kind of sounds like a High Spirit song. Then I showed it to Pharaoh, and they were like, yeah, hell yeah, this is a Pharaoh song, let's do it. And so there's actually a song that's on the High, it's a High Spirits demo song that was released uh, on the demos LP, but it's also on the last Pharaoh album with different lyrics. But it's the exact same song, you know what I mean? So what I'm trying to do now, making a short story long, but what I'm trying to do now is just sit down and write, you know, what, what, did, what did Chuck say, let the metal flow? I'm just trying to let the metal flow. <laughs> Have a, have a finished song, like a more, you know, maybe like everything but lyrics, because obviously the lyrics aren't as versatile within the, they're not as compatible across the different bands, let's say. Uh, have a finished song and then, then kind of look for some other songs to group it with and, and, and I'm hoping that that'll be, I'm hoping that it'll be easier to write that way because I won't be thinking of, okay, well, no, this is a Super Christ song, I can't do that, or this is a High Spirit song, I have to do this. You know, just kind of let the song take itself to uh, a natural conclusion and then step back, look at what it is and say, okay, you go over here, you go over here. <laughs> so that's what I'm working on now. Uh, you know, that being said, if somebody, if my phone rings, you know, I'm easy to get a hold of. If, uh, you know, if my phone rings and there's something good for high spirits somewhere and, and everybody's in, then we'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, there's no agenda with that band there's no plan there's no there's no deadlines you know that's always been the case um you know we've just kind of uh taken taken everything one step at a time with that band and it's actually it's actually worked really well uh that approach so that's the plan there the plan is no plan <laughs> or if it gets really jumbled together you could just fuck with everyone and then start a new band and it'll be called super high spirits and it'll just be a combination <laughs> yeah or yeah super high and it'll just be a combination <laughs> of all or super high christ and it'll, <laughs> it'll be a combination of all of like it'll be you know super christ lyrics to like a high spirit song and be like wow this is they kind of got a little bit you know sleazy or negative or whatever <laughs> the, right <laughs> that'd be cool i don't know there's an idea for you <laughs> yeah somebody was asking me recently if i would do a show like do like a super christ high spirits dawnbringer show you know and just play for three hours do a tour and uh <laughs> i don't know i mean it, it, it kind of seems like, like something that'd be cool just so i could say i did it i don't know i mean logistically jesus christ you know and then and, and vocally too that, that would be taking a huge chance vocally i mean oh yeah <laughs> i don't know if uh you know i I had the piano lessons, I had the drum lessons, I've never had a voice lesson in my life, uh, which probably isn't too surprising to hear, and I don't think uh, it would be a big leap of faith, put it that way, to uh, to commit to getting up there and singing for three hours. And, you know, I don't know, I, I, I've, I've felt that, uh, you know, if somebody wants a Super Christ show, if somebody pays to come to a Super Christ show, they're going to get a fucking Super Christ show. Yeah. If somebody pays for a high spirit show, 
they should get a high spirit show. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be doing some like Vegas thing with like, okay, and now on guitar, Hank Bishlover is going to play some songs. You know, that's, I don't know. To me, that just sounds stupid and like an ego stroke thing. And you know, that's not what I'm in it for. I'm in it for the audience. Yeah. I want everybody to have. I want everybody to get their money's worth and get a good show. That would just be funny though if you did like a tour or something. Like people that were unfamiliar that you're in all three bands. <laughs> like it just each time the same guy just gets up there. It's like what? What the fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, they changed his pants and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you just on stage? No, that wasn't me, motherfucker. <laughs> that guy was wearing jeans. Now I'm wearing camel pants. Yeah, right. <laughs> so per my typical ending to an interview i always play a song and delve into the mind of the artist and i was going to play super christ's uh off the latest album a uh, holy shit i was going to play the song take me to the graveyard and i was just curious of a little bit of insight on that song take me to the graveyard was one of the songs where hank uh hank said well i got this riff I'm not sure it's a Super Christ riff. See what you think. You know, it's like what I was talking about before. And he played it. He's like, I think it's in C. So he's playing it, and I'm playing in C. I said, I think it's in A. He said, no, it's in C. I said, no, here, I'm going to play a bass line in A. Tell me what you think. And boom, just like the whole rest of the song just like exploded out of that. You know what I mean? One of my, I like Get Lost a lot. I like Black Thunder a lot too, but Taking Me to the Graveyard might be my favorite song on the, uh, on the album uh lyrically it, it was very much inspired by um a band called the lurking corpses uh oh, really who, wow you know, we're friends with we've done a lot of gigs with you know the the, the idea lyrically was that uh you know these, these people are making out and the guys the guys saying like you know i'm you know i'm a corpse right you gotta you gotta take me back and throw me back in that hole when we're done because when the sun comes up you might not like what you see um <laughs> So, you know, obviously very much uh, in the style of uh, some of the stories they tell with their lyrics. Um, and it's, it's funny, on tour uh, this year, the first two, three, two, the first two shows uh, we did with the Lurking Corpses. So, you know, of necessity, I dedicated Take Me to the Graveyard to the Lurking Corpses. But then I kept doing it, like every every, every night after that, even though they weren't there. You know, this one's for the Lurking Corpses. <laughs> really. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, so good pick. I like the song. And uh, there's a little background for you too. That's pretty cool. I, I, that's actually interesting. I, I love lurking corpses. I think they have uh, one. It's uh, "Meet Me at the Graveyard," I believe. Meet Me at the Graveyard is their song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even and Adam was uh, the drummer. Adam was didn't mention in an email. He's like, "Huh, it makes me think of our song." I was like, "Yeah, well, your song made me think of uh, <laughs> of our song." Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like they got a, a really people that know about that band really love them, and it's great because I, I think they have so much potential. Of, I don't know why they haven't made it bigger or something like that. I mean, it's such a an interesting blend of different styles, yet still like maintaining the container of being a kind of a punk band or a heavy metal yeah. band at the same time, but yet death metal vocals. Yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, Super Christ was, you know, people. Nobody was. Nobody knew who the fuck we were. It's, I feel like just now people are starting to maybe be a little more accepting of of the way we kind of combine our influences and I you know I, I think if it's not already happening I think it's right around the corner for those guys too I mean on top of that they play well they always play well yeah and you know their stage presence obviously unique nobody else uh yeah absolutely you know there might be bands that do, that do a similar thing but nobody does it quite that way and uh you know obviously Shane's uh Shane's banter is is comp- 
completely his own thing, and, and I think completely entertaining and, and a huge part of the show. I mean, we've, we've probably played with them almost 10 times at this point, uh, and uh, it's, it's almost at the point where if we're at a show and, and they're not on the bill, I kind of miss them. I'm saying, yeah, man, I wish, I wish those guys were, were hanging around. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I know the feeling. What? Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, like I said, I think, I think they will, uh, kind of break through and, uh, get a little more of the attention that, uh, that obviously you and I, that they deserve. But, uh, but you know, th- that's cool too. You know, they, they focus on their, th- that tells you they're focusing on the right things. They're focusing on writing quality songs and playing quality shows, which they do every time. And that's always been the most important thing to me too. You know, it's not a, we're not in a popularity contest. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to trying to uh, go out and rock together and have a good time, really. Wow, I feel very inspired now. I'm going to go out and buy a lot of records, and I'm just going to play every single show and just focus on it and fuck the popularity. This has been a very up. Awesome, I, I got a high spirit from this conversation. <laughs> I get the name now. <laughs> <laughs> How about you take me to the graveyard? <laughs> Stay
ya. Mejor ustedes váyanse a trabajar y si Rigo llega, yo lo atiendo. Ay, qué sacrificado. No, manita, yo soy muy derecha. Tanto Dios. Bueno, ustedes son brutas, pavos y pendejas.
I thought it was appropriate, after talking to Chris Black, kind of a heavy metal guy, that uh, the most influential metal bands. And, of course, where is this going to go? Of course, we're not going to go to any other country other than Great Britain. So, Sabbath, Priest, and Maiden. Now, I agree with that. However, I don't agree with that. And I think it's pretty easy to, to list without putting much thought into it. So, to kind of go Deeper, I want to go deeper with this conversation than Sabbath Priest and Maiden because, quite honestly, I I don't fully think that uh, out of those three bands, I would say, in my opinion, that Maiden is probably the least influential. And let me explain. I was say, Be- yeah, you better explain that one cause- because think about sound. Obviously, Sabbath takes the cake. You know, the whole metal invention and Who? that's. <laughs> Black Sabbath <laughs> takes the cake because of the whole, you know, you know, dark imagery. Yeah, well, and then everyone says they invented metal, and there's those people that don't believe in the moon landing that don't think that Sabbath invented metal and have a different argument about everything. But for the most part, they're, I would say, they're the most influential of the group. And then second up out of that that lineup priest. would be Priest. And then I don't say Maiden because out of all that, what? How many bands really adapted in a, a genre based for heavy metal that distinctive Maiden sound? Where before you say anything, be, uh, where Priest has that um, that heavy metal? Like I'm, I'm speaking more so on solos. Has that like rocking lead sound that is very very often duplicated in really all uh, genres of metal, specifically heavy metal though. Thrash like Slayer was obviously influenced heavily by Judas Priest, right? And were Maiden. It's usually it's just very distinctive. They might have been influential, and I'm not saying they weren't been influential, but I don't think in the sense. Of of this list and where this conversation hopefully goes, that they could be on that list to where it's distinctive enough, Priest or Sabbath. Out of those three bands, I would say those are the ones that take the cake, and I would say you'd have to find a better third one. I don't know. I made as a kid. I'm considerably older than you, so I, you know, I was a kid back in the '80s. I'm, I, I was really young when Priest and Iron Maiden were coming out, and. I actually got into Iron Maiden before I did Priest, so it, it, looking back at it, I don't know who... Then, I didn't know who came first, but I wonder how much Priest influenced Iron Maiden. Um, you know, and that... And it, it, but I, I still say... I hear Iron Maiden and a lot of things, but I, I also hear, like, when I hear bands that have guitar harmonies, I hear Thin Lizzy, and I hear Iron Maiden. I hear yeah. Judas Priest, and I, th- I, I think Iron Maiden... I don't know. It's all people's opinion, I guess. But I think if you go back to the 80s when all this, you know, late 70s, early 80s, especially into the 80s, and how big Iron Maiden was with, you know, Iron Maiden, Killers, uh, Peace of Mind, Number of the Beast, up to number, uh, Power, Power Slave, how just big of records they were. They were. And just how, back then, how raw and just in-your-face that was. And that had to have, it, it influenced me. as like, I was a young kid, like single-digit age, jamming that stuff. You know, the Trooper, and oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to school. Like, you know, because they're, of course, their mascots, Eddie. 
So I, maybe I'm not the right one to ask. I think they were very influential. Of course. I'm not saying they weren't influential. I was just... Yeah, I'm, I'm reapproaching this conversation because I think it's very easy to come up with three bands from... I mean, Sabbath is a bit, you know, a little bit further down as far as the year, but it's pretty easy to come with three bands from the up-and-coming country coming up with heavy metal music at the time and just throw the three biggest freaking bands in there. And it's just like, well, yeah. And, and they, were, those- they were big for a reason. However... I'm I'm looking further. I'm looking. Well, what did they do is to influence? What did they do to reshape the sound of the future to come? So let's rather than delving and making this just a Sabbath priest uh, maiden discussion. I, I thought that was interesting, and so I looked into it further. But it looks like you have a little bit of a comment to make. Yeah. I, well, uh, the thing about Iron Maiden that caught my attention was. Eddie, the mascot, and the, and the skull, and, and all the, the, the artwork that went... That, that caught my attention more than, say, Priest. Priest, it, it was the music. Yes. You know, you looked at their album covers, and you're like, oh, cool, Screaming for Vengeance, there's a hawk on here. But Iron Maiden was like, that's so awesome. And I think that gory kind of Eddie um, uh, thing, that, that in and of itself is a huge influence. And I think... It, those three, you know, of course, you, any, any of the new wave of British heavy metal bands, Diamond Head, of course, because they you know influence Metallic Satan, bands like that, you know, with these awesome like Satan comes to mind. What a great band they were! Yeah, and so, okay, well, not to cut you off, but I'm to, to so to revision this. I saw this conversation somewhere else, and I thought it'd be interesting to bring up it. it I to revision it to put it into this perspective. When we say influence, I'm not saying some kid jumping on his bed going, hey, that's a cool cover, I'm going to buy that record. I'm saying reshape music. And I think out of those three, Maiden was the least. Anyway, to move, to progress further and make it more interesting, put it more down the earth to us, because we can sit here and talk about the, the three biggest you know, heavy metal bands of all time and have a really boring, lame show that you can just talk to any jackass. Crucified mortals. Um, So (laughs) I would think that, you know, trickling down then, I would go into smaller genres then. So then you have, obviously, from Priest Maiden or whatever who it was, then you'd have like a band like Venom. Or Bathory. Or then you go to... Or then... Exactly. Or then you go even more than like... It's down like Cannibal Corpse in the American death metal scene, or Entomb for Swedish death metal. Then you go to like uh, black metal. You got your Mayhem and Burzum and, and stuff like that. So I, my question then to you, putting that at that perspective of who influenced music to mus- musicians to reshape music to create. To push the envelope, as you will, to another genre and rethink it outside themselves rather than being a stupid fucking clone because you got your Maiden clones and all that and you got your Sabbath clones and I think you might make a point. But actually, going on that point, who is your priest clone? You don't exactly have it. And you have your Sabbath clones, but you don't at the same time. And it definitely, if you look into the... Uh, the discography, it would be hard to say where's your clone coming from so many different sounds and eras, and I guess Priest a little bit too, and that's where I'm getting coming with that is 
uh, Maiden had a distinctive sound that if it, one was influenced by them, you would clearly hear it. And you hear it, but you don't hear it as much as you hear Priest or even Sabbath. So the question then underlies then, taking it to a lower level, you know, like I mentioned, you know, Cannibal Corpse, Entombed and all that. What are your three most influential bands that made a difference in music on a lower level? I, I don't know. It, it, I think, you know, you go back, Venom, of course, you mentioned Bathory, Maiden Priest. I think they influenced the next generation, Slayer, Exodus, uh, Metallica back then, um, Dark Angel, bands like that, I think. You know, they're the next kind of, you know, you've got Dark Angel doing this thing. Um, and then after that, there was bands, then, you know, Testament comes along, Death Angel, bands like that. And I think these bands that come out, it's, it's like an ever-evolving thing. But it gets more and more jumbled it as does. time it's, goes on. I think it's on. very jumbled. And I think even that, and it's because... The basis of this conversation and why I kind of brought up is like, geez, that's an easy thing. As I like to think think outside the box, it's like like you mentioned, there's Diamond Head and there's all that. And then I went later on and mentioned even more for subgenres that were years later, of course. But it's it gets more and more jumbled who you talk to. And I even think back then it kind of was jumbled too. But what an easy out, an obvious out, almost a scenester, I like to say scenester instead of poser, out for someone that doesn't isn't aware enough to think more. Well, well hey, there was these other bands, you know, it, and one might be saying, well, it's easy to say Entombed was the influential Swedish band, and I agree, and I actually uh, stick with the argument that maybe, well, that that Swedish sound, that buzzsaw guitar sound. No, that wasn't Entombed. That was Slaughter from Canada. That was before yeah. Entombed. That's my art. You know, I'll, I pose that question. So I would have to say, in terms of all that, again, I would say that when it comes to influence, I think I challenge people to think what set the bar to a different level. What was the bands that reshaped stuff? And did all these bands... You might have things might have been a little bit like they are today. When a band gets big, they hate the big right. band, so they might say, "Fuck Iron Maiden." I like Diamond Head, or you know, there was and, people. I'm sure there were people back then course. that did that because I, you know, I was living in the '80s. I was, you know, born in '73, so you know, I was a teenager. I didn't know what I was doing, but I. It's such an ever evolving thing. I think to look back and say, of course. Uh, Priest in Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden. It's it's. I think it's easy for people to say that because of the time frame. Because there was, you know, but most people don't know Diamond Head. They don't know the other new wave of British heavy metal, of course. And yeah, and so it's that. Yeah, it is an easy cop out. But there's a reason that I mean, those guys were huge, and that's why they were so influential. Because I sold so many damn records. But were they influential at the same time? Oh. I mean, they, obviously they were. I mean, look at, <laughs> but, but I mean, does it? I guess the point be on that is, I don't think that the most influential is always the band that sells the records. I think the the, the point I was trying point, to make with yes. that is that the it's the easy avenue to go to. It's the most 
obvious band that you could make an easy point. So I challenge people to think further on that. And uh, as I encourage, I, I would like to revisit this topic. So out there, anyone that's listening, what do you think? What are your most influential bands? And it doesn't have to be the Maiden Priest thing. We kind of delved on that further. But I'm, I'm talking about like of you know Swedish death metal. Or, well, obviously, but you know I mentioned Entombed and all that kind of stuff. But what set the bar for different genres? Yeah, and then it got and as I said, you know, it gets more and more jumbled. What, what were you saying? I was going to say, well, for example, I said Dark Angel earlier, and they were obviously influenced by people. But they it, so say why they influenced you. Dark Angel it was had such just a guitar sound, and it was just it was so much just violence and energy going on with it so it influenced me as a kid yeah absolutely and and, and uh, probably tons of other people right I, I like to think outside the box so i'm curious to kind of see where this might go but like the argument the the most influential not just to you but to other people but on another note uh the royal arch blaspheme is putting out their second full-length album so here's a track off that
And that was Thorngate with the Ferryman. They're from uh, Australia, and they have a six-track tr- six demo available. Uh, so if you're interested in that, just go to the uh, playlist and click on the link for the track that was played there. Uh, a new band that submitted some of their material. So bands, if you'd like us to play your material, please email us at hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com. Send us a high... Uh, a high bitrate MP3 or a WAV file with a little bit of information about your band, or you can uh, send it to us on Facebook. Please, and I stretch stress this, please do not give us links to uh, YouTube or post it on our timeline or whatever the hell that is called on Facebook and all that bullshit. Uh, we don't want to play low-quality crap, uh, which it doesn't exactly uh, represent your band best, and that's kind of what we want to do. So we want to play at the best quality, even though this show's compressed to hell. But it gives it a better... It comes in good, and it goes. it's going to go out a little bit better. So uh, I thought that it's kind of interesting that I'd be saying this to anyone that's like really, really old school... I don't know about really, really, but old school to the sense that was they were around when they first heard, as we were talking about earlier, Black Sabbath or you know when metal was ma- and back in the heyday when um, metal was scary when metal was scary because none of the stuff we just heard was scary but uh, when metal was making its rounds and it was you know back when it was like well this is still rock and roll and stuff and it became another genre and here's where I'm going with this is the fact that, you know, at one point, metal was considered rock and roll or hard rock. and I would just say rock and roll. And then at one point, the bands that were metal, were, that were extreme at that time, progressed and then became metal. And I think we are uh, in a stage right now to where extreme metal, and that's where I think fine it's kind of funny to say that because this is already in a sense progressing to its own little thing extreme metal where back in the day you talk to like an older guy like well it's all metal then you talk to someone else oh it's all thrash and there's this and that and it's not like well now it's extreme and it's just like geez so i my question is that have bands in metal become to the extreme so much that it's almost becoming a new genre is it time to put a new label is it time to exceed the boundaries of what is metal or not or do we just do what we've been and make it a complete and total clusterfuck and call it another genre of its own and I think you mean a subgenre of metal or a, yeah yeah that's what I meant a subgenre yeah. of its own but I think things are getting a bit obscure and avant-garde if you would that it's I I'm maybe we haven't made it there yet but we are on our way and before we discuss this, where yet to on our way to it it to a new band, genre to a new genre that's yeah. more extreme than metal and before I we discuss it further, bands such as Portal um, or Death Spell Omega, um, Antediluvian, I think is how you pronounce it, come to mind. Uh, I mean, I kind of stole this off a thread. I thought it was an interesting topic, and those are like 
a zillion bands come to mind, but then when I was coming up with the topic, it was like, fuck, I can't think of anything more. So I just stole the ones they mentioned. But uh, for the people that aren't, aren't familiar, so you can kind of get into this topic more, uh, here's a, tra- a little bit of a portal preview. <laughs> So much like back in the day, you know, it has all the elements that were rock and roll to what was metal then. This has all the elements to what would be, I would say, the closest comparison would be death metal to now. And then you have a band like Death Spell Omega, and hopefully this doesn't buffer out on me. This might not be the best example, but it's a little bit more bizarre. Definitely take uh, Doom to another level. Yeah, I, I'll save. It'll go along a little bit further. I don't mean to cut it short, but just to give the idea to listeners who aren't familiar with these bands. And then Antediluvian. If I said that pronounced correctly, I think. A little more like Portal, but not a little more easier to comprehend and follow. Not that I'm taking anything away from these bands because, I mean, it's it's, it's good musicianship and it's good music. To, I mean, it's not music that I particularly am interested, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And just for the sake of the conversation. So when you hear stuff like that, it, it's got all of its rudimentary, uh, rudimentary elements of what would in my opinion, be the closest would be death metal, but pushing the envelope to something else. That death spell Omega was didn't remind me of death metal at all. It came to mind with that real quick, though. That was like that was a bad example. Well, I couldn't get any further. The, the second band and even Portal, even this, it, it reminds me of some of the, there's this, another subgenre that I I don't even know what the hell it's called. Where there's bands like ISIS. Uh, I think Pelican was an, an instrumental okay. band where there was definitely metal um, sounds and heavy distorted guitars, but then there was some sort of progressive. And the Death Spell Omega reminded me of it. I I still think it's all it's all metal. I mean, metal is even rock and roll. I putting things labels on stuff. Sorry, um, kind of drives me crazy because you know if you listen to. Yeah. The Vladimirs. 
what, what genres that? Well, there's horror punk. There's all this typo negative sound. There's some thrash stuff. Ash's drumming's like off the charts, and it's like either that's that's a metal thrash drummer. It's almost like well, it's it's metal. It's punk. It's that could be its own genre. There could be a genre called the Vladimirs. And, uh, and right. So but, the basis of the question is then, so obviously I'm kind of getting where you stand on it then. So you don't think that we're in a phase to where things have become so much subgenre classified and it becomes so obscure to where it's at the extent, much like when at the heyday of metal, that it was like, well, this is rock and roll. I mean, it's it's pushing it a little bit more, but it's, it's rock and roll. It's just like, well, this is metal, but it's pushing it to where it's now it's just like, well... One day these bands are going to be considered a different genre. They, pro- probably so. If somebody may come along with a different word, who knows? Because you know, you look back at um, like Elvis, um, the rock around the clock guy. I can't think of but uh, the Cleveland guy that came up with the term rock and roll. No, 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 no. Oh. The Happy Days theme. You know, okay. rock, rock, that that's rock and roll. Right. Roy Orbison was rock and roll. What were the Beatles? You know, but, but the Beatles definitely is sound different than Portal. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> I th- I th- and I think what's going on now is there's so many bands that are influenced by so many different genres, punk bands, metal bands, thrash metal bands, death metal bands, and they, and they, they take all of that and they put it into their own thing. Now, of course, Portal, Deathspell Omega, and what was the last one you played? I'm sorry. Uh, Antediluvian, I think that's Antediluvian, how you pronounce it. that's right. Those were all very, especially Portal and Antediluvian, that was very extreme. I heard like a death metal, maybe a black metal kind of influence a little bit too right and you know back in the day if you look at death metal you you started out with say death or possessed possessed awesome um and then you listen to like a band like cannibal corpse which was a few years later at least for album's sake um and it's entirely different now it's like more gory and then you know you had carcass which was not exactly death metal but that's that's kind of the point exactly. It's like it had all the elements. It was just faster, and the songs were shorter. Right? Why is this not death metal now? Well, and it's it's almost as if it's almost as if we in the metal realm have really kind of gotten more and more lenient before you can classify it as a subgenre. It's almost you got to like make a mutt out of your music to where it's got to be like well. We got some jazz. We got death metal. We got like this horror. Really, well, look at kind of Masuga. I mean, those guys. Fuck, there's jazz elements in that because of the you know the the fucked upness of their time. At least I think I'm probably wrong, but you know that's like a deathy kind of you know with his fucked up rhythms and it's, so maybe it's not jazzy at all. I don't know what the fuck I don't is know that what called. The fu- but yeah, it's that's n- like they're their own genre. I almost yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing, and, and eight string guitars and all this stuff. It's like has thi- have thing. I I honestly think things have kind of progressed, and it might be time for a new classification. Because if you think about it, well, what is Ghoul then? Are, are they thrash? Ghoul? Are they death? I mean, they have splatter thrash, so obviously that's what they would. But cl- everyone's got their sub, you know, sub classification. You know, exhumed gore metal, and uh, there was fuck. There was even a band, Hades Archer, that called themselves penis metal. Well, and I, I had to check that. Out. I was like, what the hell does penis metal sound like? And it what? sounded like 
Black Thrash. And that's what's great about Nunsaga. They call them, you know, devil metal. Everyone, yeah, that, that, I think that's like almost a cliche in itself. Like, hey, let's come up with our own metal. Because everyone, like, because Venom did it and it worked for them. So it's like, hey, let's try to do it. And that's getting a little off subject. But it's like, or maybe it isn't actually. But, uh, no, you no. know, it's, uh, I don't, but it kind of is. I think that. It really is time. I think things. I mean, what are you going to call it? Well, these were. I don't know. I'm not the guy that's coming up with it. I'm not that good. But I'm thinking it's time for something because we'll put it this way. You know, it seems as though when you push thrash, what is death metal? Back in the rudimentary days, what was death metal? It was thrash, only less technical, lower tuning, a step down. Not to translate what the hell. So it was tuned a little bit lower than. And the, it, the singing was instead of. Right. Or, it wasn't as high pitched. Yeah, right. more. It was more. It wasn't more intense. It was more. It was lower. It was more. In, uh, I think it was darker. Thrasher was. Dark. Thrash yes. was. There you go. And then, you brighter, know. Or even. And then. Not it, happier, but it was more if, upbeat, maybe. Right, right. And then if you were to push heavy metal to a different extreme, what did it become? It became thrash you know it was faster it, you know faster notes but it had that catchiness i mean so i'm gonna then, come up but with then new- death metal or black metal those are the genres that we can just grasp like well no portal's still death metal because they do that and it's like well no no they got a black metal influence so now they're black metal it's just like dude why can't we just already like no they're not because they because nobody it, it you can't because they don't let's call it call wormhole it. music and that my attitude's always been fuck it. Who cares what it's called? I fucking like it. It's metal. It's rock. It's whatever. Fuck you. You know. And that's I. I, I think it's kind of cool that you sit there and you go, "What the fuck is this?" Because it makes you think and it makes you go, "I want to listen to this record again because I don't know what the fuck it is." And you know, even even when you know a band's genre and and you go, "What the what the hell is going on here? Is this death? Is it thrash? Is it somewhere in between?" It's like fuck it. It, it makes you think. That that's. Bands like that, that's, to me, one of the best things about them is because it makes you go, what the hell's going on here? Right. And, and and I think it carries over into life where you're like, well, you start thinking outside of the box. Hopefully that's, I mean, that's going way beyond but what someone might intend with their music, but that that's what happens to me where it, it, I think throughout my life I've been like, what the hell is this? And, and you, just, you start to think that with everything else so regardless of what they end up calling it if something different i think eh, who gives a fuck if it makes you think kind of differently and approach things differently musically or beyond then it's great and it's influenced you in a a very good way and you're not going to go into a fucking movie theater and take your machine gun out because you've gotten your (laughs) frustration and that i'm not poking fun at that but right i know what you mean and that's that's cool and that's an interesting and that was kind of why we talked about it I, I my perspective to kind of wrap it up my perspective is that I think it's due for a new classification I think things have gotten a little bit far uh, maybe those weren't the best three I, I think Portal was definitely one of the best yeah, ones cool but stuff, the other yeah. one oh it, it's particularly not particularly what I'm interested in but I thought they're, they're, they're all quality bands but if, as far as my example standpoint I thought Portal was very appropriate the other two maybe not my, maybe not so much at least the choices and what I had lined up 
But uh, nonetheless, you know, it kind of it fulfilled the conversation. Yeah, the, the thing about bands like that is it reminds me of our earlier talk when you're you you know you're sewing the maiden or you're sewing the priest talking about the bands from earlier, and you hear something different like uh turbo uh seventh son of a seventh son caught somewhere in time uh when you first hear it and you give you it time think, and then yeah. over a while you're like wait a minute this is really different maybe you like it maybe you don't I know there's probably people out there going what you're like turbo what, what are you a fucking fairy or something but I think there's some great songs on it when I first heard it I was like wow this is kind of different and it's not defenders of the faith or screaming for vengeance and then anyway yeah there's a lot of <laughs> talking about that one conversation being very fucking right to the point and not thinking far into it like we bring a priest a lot but we're priest fans so i yeah. guess we could and uh you know venturing to heavy metal and stuff we're probably going to do that soon but uh yeah i would say that to conclude the subject my opinion i think that it's time for a new genre and I would be, much like anything else, encouraging people to comment in. I would like to know, what do you think? Do you think it is time for a new genre? And not just based on those... Not uh, a new genre, but a new label for a, new a la- genre. Well, I would say a genre. That's the question, honestly. My question is a genre. Is this is this stuff a new genre? Yes. Okay. Is that... Not so much that stuff, but is it time? Because like I said, real quickly, to recap... I don't know if those were the best three examples. Portal was definitely one of them, but I don't know about the other two. Maybe those weren't the best recordings. However, I've, there's an abundance of them that I've come across, couldn't come up with them. But do you think, to sum it all up, is that the best way? Do you think that we're in due, due for a new genre title? And if there's people out there who think they have a band we should listen to that might be in that new genre or whatever Reaper's talking about, send it in. Send Even if it's a link, because well, I'll take the time to go listen to it on wherever. <laughs> well, in other, in other sense, to wrap up the show, yes. Bands, if you want to send in your material, please send us a, 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 a downloadable... High quality MP3 or WAV file at hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com with a little bit of information about your band or message us on Facebook with the same pretty much standards. I'm not sure how that works entirely. Um, YouTube links aren't out of the game, but when it comes down to us playing the music, usually they're too crappy for that. Or to quite play honest, on the show, right? To be on the show because we're going to compress it even more to get technical for you and make it even shittier. Plus, what am I going to do with it? I have to now. I got to come up with a fucking link. I, I we have to, we got to get in our roster. Technical things. Just send us an email, please. Thank you. And uh, we're gonna, we look forward to hearing from you as well. Please write some more fan mail. The earlier stuff was pretty fucking funny. Uh, and I guess what I was saying, not to contradict what Reaper was saying here, is if you maybe have a band a very that you serious ending. It is that, that, well I, that that you have a band that you think was what we were just talking about maybe even just and it's not your band send us their name and we can it's the metal talk show get involved yeah there that sums it up all right hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com again hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com cast as a c all all one word or get on facebook uh we check that too fan mail new bands Get involved with the topics, whatever. Don't click the like button and walk away because that pisses me off. Anyway, to wrap up the show, tune in next time. We will be talking to Witchcross's uh, lead guitar player and founding yeah. member, Mike Koch. Uh, pretty fucking cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Big Witchcross fans. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. 
So to leave us leave the show, uh, we're going to play since we can talk about priests so much. Uh-huh. What I think they were more influenced by priest than maiden. This is Metallian. I'm Reaper. I'm Eddie. And thank you for tuning in to Hellcast. We will talk to you next time.
Hey, this is Athenar from Midnight, and you just wasted a fuckload of time listening to Hellcast, presented by Hell Slutbangers. I mean, Hell's Headbangers.